Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. This is Wednesday, June the 29th, and we welcome you to the program. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. Good morning. In case you're wondering, folks, where Fred Jackson is, the man who lends credibility to this program, (laughs) he is... He's on vacation this week. Uh, you heard from him, Chris? Uh, last I heard, he was uh, celebrating the Colorado Avalanche's uh, Stanley Cup. I don't know. No, I have not. He Stanley does Cup. email us and text us from time to time. He is uh, staying on top of news. Uh, even when Fred's on vacation, uh, he does not take a vacation from assigning you stories. I, so I got we, a couple of emails from him uh, today and yesterday, just stories. He's just saying, you know, basically – didn't know if you'd seen this, yeah. and I, I wanna, I always want to email him back and say, why are you're on vacation? Why are you doing this? But Fred Jackson is like Jake from State Farm. You could call him at three in the morning, and he's sitting in there in a pair of khakis, uh, <laughs> doing stuff on the computer. Um, yeah, if I ignore my emails while I'm going on vacation, when I get back, I, I regret ever going. Oh, huh? If you, <laughs> yeah. If you mean if you don't. Check them daily. Oh yes, no, you're right. You'll have hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a hundred. I get a hundred a day. Yeah. Uh, now, probably eighty, seventy-five, seventy-five percent of those are spam. This uh, Nigerian prince dude just just <laughs> won't get, won't stop. Won't, he keeps wanting to give me money. Well, uh, I, and, listen, and, I got I got bad news for you, Tim. Yeah, I, I've I, I have. Uh, I've already answered him, <laughs> sent him my bank account you, information. Yes, from saying. So I, as soon as he sends uh, me the eighty-eight million dollars, he said, okay. "I'm afraid I'm going to take an extension." Well, then vacation. if you'll just split it with me, then I won't even have to give him my bank <laughs> hey, account information. Due to inflation, he no longer needs twenty-five dollars from you to process it. He now needs fifty. Oh, 50. is that right? You know, a um, lot of stuff, a lot of email I get is from like conservatives, but I'm yeah. on somebody's list. I know, and, and you don't know how you got added. I don't know how I got added, and I'm afraid to hit unsubscribe because then they know they got a live one but, on the other end. Oh yeah. What I like is the all the emails from politicians are yeah. those running from office, and I know they got to raise money, and they right. have a good most of the list I'm on are good candidates and everything, mm-hmm. but they all use the same ploy. That they think, I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> which is I'm going to lose unless Tim gives me 50 bucks today. Right. And I I just, I don't email him back saying, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? You're going to win by 10 points, whether I give you $50 or more. I, um, I will say this, I, and I'm not just name dropping here, but yeah, you name drop, but president Trump and I are tight because mm. he emails me. Two or three times a day. <laughs> he hadn't started asking my opinion on issues yet, but right. I'm sure that's coming. Right. Well, oh, they want you to fill out a survey. <laughs> huh? All right. So anyway, um, we welcome you to this program, and we hope to have Coach uh, Kennedy. Brent Creeley is our producer, and he's been working on this interview. Brent, uh, you want to tell us what's 
supposed to happen? Yes, sir. At the bottom of the hour at 1030 Central Time, we will have Coach Kennedy and Jeremy Dice, which is his attorney from First Liberty. They'll be on to discuss his uh, Supreme Court victory. He needs his attorney for our interview? Well, he, he's, Are we a threat of some kind? No. I, he, I'm I, kidding. I, I'm kidding. I know why his Kelly attorney. Shackleford. Is yeah, this? I know yeah. why his attorney's on because his attorney represented him at the Supreme right. Court. Right. A case in which he won. Coach Kennedy won. What a wonderful decision the Supreme Court made. They said, "Hey, you can't fire a high school football coach because after the game he wants to pray at midfield." Right. Uh, and uh, it doesn't require his players to go. It's uh, freedom. People want to go. They can. If they don't, they don't. And uh, so Joseph Kennedy is the coach's name. You may have heard about him from the state of Washington, football coach. And uh, he won his case. And wonderful guy. We gave him an award a few years back in Washington, D.C. at the uh, Bayes Voters Summit. And um, he is going to be on with us. That's the plan with his attorney at the uh, bottom of this hour. So we look forward to that. Chris, go ahead. Well, you know, um, Joe Biden continues to set records president Joe as Biden. president you know, of these United States. You know, it was just a few weeks ago that we set records, and for several days we set records over things like gas prices. Um, and there temperatures. Are, and, yes, and that as well. <laughs> and uh, there, there are records now uh, that he has set uh, into record levels of migration, deaths, and rescues at the southern border. Um, and I've got a bit of audio here um, just to put things in perspective from a guy that's been to the border, that's worked at the border, has handled things like immigration. It's Tom Homan on Fox and Friends talking about the records that have been set under Joe Biden at the U.S.-Mexico border. Clip one. The more people that cross that border, the more that die. So under this administration, they broke a lot of records. A record number of migrants have already died under Joe Biden, over 700. Now add 46 more to it. A record number of Americans that have died from drug overdoses come across an open border. It, it, it's, it's just, this, this, this administration is breaking a lot of records. The records are all bad. Historic illegal immigration. By the end of this fiscal year, we're going to have close to 4 million encounters. Add to that another million gotaways, that's 5 million. This administration, is their policy is inhumane. And that's why to this day, I support President Trump. When he was president, we had the most secure border in my lifetime, a 40-year low. Illegal immigration down 83%. When you secure the board at that level, you save lives. Save lives. So I'm sick and tired of this administration telling me how humane their policies are and how secure the border is. It angers me, especially this case. I've been there. It changed me forever. This is horrific. These people die in horrific, tragic death. Now, that, that case he was talking about was the issue there in the San Antonio area where we found dozens of migrants uh, dead inside a... There's a hun- hundred found inside an 18-wheeler, mm-hmm. and at this point, the death toll has climbed to 51 or 52. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Approximately uh, still people in the hospital, uh, and who knows how many people in similar situations have come across the border or maybe are headed our way. Yeah, that was so sad to read about... Uh what happened there a couple of days ago? 40, 48. Well, they found 50. 46 initially that were dead mm-hmm. inside the 18-wheeler, and then the additional five or six have died in the hospital. I guess just because they were so dehydrated, their bodies just could not recover, mm-hmm. even, even with expert help. But this is, um, yeah, th- this is uh, the, the product of an open border policy on our southern border. And the encouragement from then-candidate Joe Biden 
who said, you know, we want a surge at the border. It is the result of the policies once Joe Biden became President Joe Biden. And we have seen and will continue <clears throat> to see, apparently, these long lines of people headed for the border. And then you have the coyotes or the other human traffickers, many of them connected to these drug cartels, mm -hmm. who will, for exorbitant amounts of money, transport people across the border. And in this case, for whatever reason, they were abandoned inside an 18-wheeler, which was left with the doors secured from the outside. From the inside, they couldn't get out. No water, no air conditioning, even though the 18-wheeler had the potential to uh, be refrigerated. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, Tim, what a tragic way for these people to die. Let me ask you this. When we have mass shootings, um, or deaths because of, uh, you know, a murder, mass murders is what I'm trying to say. Somebody with guns. Like what happened in yep. Texas at the elementary school a couple of weeks back, mm -hmm. a few weeks back. There is a call for gun control, right? Or we got to do something about the guns. My question is, you have a mass a death here uh, of, of these immigrants, these illegal immigrants from across the southern border, close to 50 or so dead. Are we not going to do now do a, we need to have some sort of crisis meeting on border control? Well, you're not going to see that because yeah. it, that's that's not a narrative that the left and by the left, we mean the media that is in right. bed with the political left. That's not a narrative that they want to discuss. So when some demon possessed man, young man kills innocent children in Uvalde, Texas, that immediately becomes part of the narrative to discuss gun control. But you're not going to see a discussion of the Biden administration's policies, I don't believe, uh, as a result of 51 deaths, and that number may climb. You're just not going to mm. see it because they're not interested in changing that policy. You know, what uh, uh, points to a dereliction of duty more than anything in this, or at least as much as anything, and by dereliction of duty, I'm talking about the job of the president of the United States to defend the borders of the country he's elected to protect, defend, and secure mm -hmm. is the fact that Joe Biden has not once been to the border. Not one time. We That's got, true. We got record numbers of deaths and illegal immigrants pouring into the country by the millions mm -hmm. uh, since he's been president. We've talked about this, and this is documented. I'm not making these numbers up. These are numbers that are used by the same reporting services uh, uh, that uh, Border Control and others that uh, are used, whatever the president, whoever the president is, Trump or Biden or whoever. Right. Uh, so uh, uh, the fact that he won't even go listen to the Border Control folks, uh, uh, the national security implications here, he won't even you know, go down there to look for himself. You know how they always go. He didn't. Didn't he go to Uvalde? Uvalde. Uvalde. Did, did the president go to Uvalde? I think. I think did, he. Well, he made speeches about yeah. it. Yeah, I'd I have to look it up. I'll look. I, I think he did. Uh, I'm almost certain he did. But but look, that he was only miles from the border. He yeah. could have gone. He can go to Arizona. He can go to Texas. At least bring some attention to the problem here, and maybe even speak to the to people to 
tell him to stop coming here illegally. Of course, he doesn't want that. I'm right. I, I understand. I'm being. I'm saying if he really yeah. wanted to seriously do something about the issue, yes, he did go to a a, a church at least in Uvalde. Okay, then he was not far from the border mm -hmm. there, so he could have gone. Uh, he can go all over the world. He can go to Europe and everywhere else. The reason he doesn't want to go to the border and will not go to the border is the reason that Kamala, I'll study the root issues, Harris doesn't want will only visit the El Paso airport. Right, yeah. And call that a border visit is we know the reason. It's because uh, they don't want to bring attention to this issue because it they are, uh, I, I would say it's a mass failure to defend our border, and we all know that's true. The flip side of that is it's not a mass failure for them because this is what they want. Mm -hmm. Their desire, like their desire for gas prices to soar uh, in the name of, uh, you know, keeping us from burning up by climate change, right? right? So they want gas prices to soar so that we have to, as I say, get on our bicycles and mopeds and and uh, our $60,000 uh electric automobiles right. they want us to move to so they they want people to pour into the country by the millions the democrats do in hopes of getting them amnesty and getting them able to vote so that they can be forever locked in as as democrats that's I, that's I, the objective I, of, I think you're being unfair to the biden administration tim I'm, i heard corinne corinne jean pierre mm -hmm. the president's uh press secretary say that they were on it. They're on this issue at the border. Yeah. So I think, in fact, I think they've taken, according to her, historic actions. Yes. Yeah. She also said that, you know, they're doing, the border is closed. Yes. As we so heard her say yesterday. So I think, I think we I need thought, to give credit where credit's due. They are on this issue. I do have that audio that uh, Steve brought in yesterday of KJP, as we now refer to her, uh, Circleback's successor. Uh, telling reporters that the border is closed. You want to play it again? Uh, sure, we'll play this again. When did when did she have this uh, commentary? Yeah, she she told reporters yesterday on a tarmac uh, that uh, you know they asked her, "What are you doing about this? Why is the border wide open?" And her defense was, "Well, the border is closed." Clip two. Uh, we're focused on them, on the facts, uh, on and holding the human strugglers who endangered uh, vulnerable individual uh, individuals for profits accountable. Uh, and we're and we're focused on continuing our historic actions to disrupt dangerous smuggling networks, including through new uh, anti-smuggling campaign that just in the first two months uh, resulted in over 1,800 arrests. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, the border is closed. So there. So you know, I didn't. Th I, I didn't. I thought Jen Psaki did the greatest impersonation of Pinocchio <laughs> before, uh, but now her 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 successor here. Uh, Corinne Jean Pierre. Jean Pierre. Yeah. Jean Pierre is uh is you know she's trying to rival yeah her uh, her mentor there. It's to make you wonder why uh, Saki left when she did. I don't think it was coincidental. Well, it's like we said yesterday when we were talking about this issue, and we first played uh, Jean Pierre's uh, answer, uh, the audio of it. Um, as we said, yeah, it's one thing to say you're going to crack down on human smugglers. It's another thing to say, well, we're not going to even let human smugglers think about coming across the border because we really are going to close it. Good, yeah. And the, and the problem for the Biden administration mm -hmm. is because they've left that border wide open, smugglers are going to take right. 
Next story. Advantage of it. Next story, All Chris. Right. Well, the, interesting story from the New York Times, which may or may not be trying to push Joe out of the way and get somebody else in there to run for president, at least the Democratic nomination, in 2024. Uh, this article from a couple of people, Jonathan Martin and Zolan Cano-Youngs uh, at New York Times. Can we not get... <laughs> Can we not get Pete Johnson, for goodness sake? You know, Woodward who, who, who we got now? Uh, <laughs> Jonathan we... Martin and Zoland Keno Youngs. Okay. All right, Zolander. Uh, <laughs> Zoolander. The headline from the New York Times. Okay, it's not Fox News or uh, Newsmax or no. something else. It's the New York Times, and the headline is this. Biden irked by Democrats who won't take yes for an answer on 2024. Uh, the White House is trying to tamp down speculation about plans to seek re-election while aides say President Joe Biden is bristling at the persistent questions. I've got a bit of audio here. Uh, it's Fox News contributor. Are we going to hear bristling? No, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's Fox News contributor uh, Joe Concha uh, talking about that New York Times article. And the audio begins with Concha answering the question as to whether Biden is serious about running again in 2024. Clip four. I believe maybe he does. It's kind of like when you try to take the keys away from, you know, uh, your your grandfather when, you know, he, he hit that signpost for like a third time, right, uh, or, or backed his car into something. Uh, and you say, all right, you can't drive anymore. He's like, no, you're not taking these keys from me. Uh, uh, perhaps that's what we're seeing with Joe Biden. I love that he sees Bernie Sanders, you know, as like the big threat, considering that Bernie would be in his 90s uh, if he were to run uh, for president and actually win two terms, right, which, which is not what this president this country needs. But I think that even many Democrats, Carly, Joey, they realize that a Joe Biden closer to his 90s, and that's what he'll be in a second term if he were to run and somehow win, is a prospect that almost all Americans would be very uncomfortable with. Uh, on the whole lack of respect thing, when you're polling lower than any president in polling history, we're talking about from Truman to Trump, uh, respect tends to go away. It would be like the New York Jets, whoever won a Super Bowl in something like 53 years saying, hey, where's my respect? Uh, I, I think the party would like a, another candidate, a younger candidate. I think I, I think I, I got to say, I think I heard some bristling in the background. <laughs> I, did, I think I well, did. I might have been you know, mistaken. It's, but. it's too early to really, for, for Biden or the Democrats to be talking about. Well, I say it's too early. They, they got to say, yeah, he'll probably run again, knowing full well that he's probably not, right. nor should he uh, run again. Uh, for all the reasons we've talked about ad nauseum here uh, on the program, namely, well, I don't want him to run because of his politics, but the fact that he's uh, in decline intellectually and uh, in other ways, uh, you know, he doesn't need to run for president again. But uh, like, what are they supposed to say? Come, oh, I'm paving the way for my successor. And uh, Kamala, come on up here. <laughs> Tell them why you're going to run in 2024. Well, the problem, though, for and, and this is true on the Republican side with uh, former President Trump not having declared yet or said whether or not he was officially running, is that on both sides, the people who would like to run have to wait yeah. before they set up their because, you know, to run a, a, a even a primary campaign, you've got to have teams on the ground in all these states and you got to have money rolling in and you got to have uh, staff and a team of, you know, consultants and yeah. media experts. And they're all having to wait before they invest that kind of money because neither of the 2020 candidates 
have announced yet. Now, what's interesting, let's say Kamala ends up, uh, you know, being past the baton and, and she tries to run in 2024. She may face a challenger from fellow Californian and current governor, Gavin Newsom. There are stories out today, the New York Post, uh, San Francisco Gate, Fox News has this as well. Gavin Newsom's campaign is buying ads in Florida, even though he's in what California. Kind of, what kind of ads? Uh, political ads, talking about him and what he's doing for California, which is... Airing them in Florida? Yes, creating speculation that he is interested in or looking at. He's always wanted to run. Yes, and I do have some audio on this as well. It, it's, again, Joe Contra. This is kind of an extended discussion here from from Joe Contra. Mm-hmm. But he... he he kind of, he, he jokes about what a potential Gavin Newsom bumper sticker might look like. Clip five. Imagine what that bumper sticker would look like, guys. I could do for America what I did to California. Uh, yeah, the bench is thin at this point. Yeah, I'll tell you, one company that hopes that Gavin Newsom does run, that's the Brill Cream <laughs> Corporation. Is, is that still around, Brill Cream? I, but his, yeah, well, I, know, I don't know what. His hair is always. It's slick. Yeah. Well, what, what else? I don't know. I've been ball for, well, semi, Tim, I've there been, are, can you I've been be semi ball for 30 years. So I don't even, I, I T- take I it just, for me, Tim, as, okay. as an Italian, All right. uh, there are a, 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 a variety of hair gels and creams and pastes. Is real cream a brand or is that, <clears> I don't, is it, I don't even know if it still exists. Is it like cola? But it, 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 it was the pointy end of the spear. Yes. It, it was the trailblazer for all that followed in its wake. That and Vitalis. Do you remember Vitalis? I, I do remember that name. Was that the same type thing? It was no. Brew cream was a cream. Vitalis was like like a cologne, but it was it was a liquid, and oh. you you'd slick your hair back. And oh, my dad and used you, so Vitalis. you got a co- you got a combo hair uh, hair adjuster and cologne all in one package. It it, it wasn't as strong as cologne, but it right. Yeah. What did you what did you? Say? According to the internet, where you can't publish anything that is not true, right? They do still make burrow cream. They do? Yes. Uh, what was a little dabble do you? That's burrow cream. That's burrow cream? Yeah, it's burrow cream. You could, cream. You but could anyway, either I'm be just a- saying Gavin Newsom's got that hair slick back. Twenty-four-seven. Yeah, he's got the televangelist. Look, I feel every day. He always sounds like he needs a lozenge too. Like it's always yeah. kind of authority. I, I don't think he's. I mean, he's the governor of California. He is a bona fide quote progressive, yeah. but I just he survived a, a, an election challenge there. And with he the is recall. younger. He is younger, but uh, yeah, I, I will do for America what I did for California. It's not a very good bumper. Do stick. you know that in California? Uh, Gavin Newsom's spouse, she is not the first lady. She's the first partner. And she wanted to be referred to as that as a nod to same-sex couples in California. So let's say hypothetically he does run and yeah. hypothetically he gets elected. She would be the first person that probably would not want to go by first lady. Yeah. Well, is she a biologist? If she's not a biologist, how can she even claim to be a first lady? It's very true. That's I mean, point. she's not an expert. <laughs> It's getting there, close you're, to the there, line. You're, there you're mocking the newest Supreme Court member right yes. there. But she, mocked, her, Brown but she mocked herself, yeah. didn't yeah. she? Uh, all right, so we're going to take a break right here. Probably good that we reset this program. Yes. <laughs> we're going to go up real quick. By the way, if you want to watch on the, on the Internet, we do live video stream the show, uh, YouTube and Facebook. Type in today's issues and the live stream of you on YouTube or Facebook. You can 
Watch the show there on our Facebook page. Uh, we do post the stories that we discuss, so you can read about them for yourself. You will not find any advertising from the Brill Cream Company uh, <laughs> that I'm aware of. Uh, all right, so, and I don't even know if he uses that, but uh, he, he uses, uses something. something. He uses something. All right, we'll take a break right here. Hey, Coach Joseph Kennedy, uh, the football coach from the state of Washington who won the big case at the Supreme Court. He will be our guest along with his attorney uh, momentarily. Stay with us. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Did you know you can't sink if you swim in the Dead Sea? You can't sink. You can't uh, drown. And we're going to go to the Dead Sea, and we're going to take a swim, and you can find out if what I'm saying is true or not. That's coming up in March 2023 on our annual trip to Israel. That's right. We're going to the Holy Land in March of 2023. Now, if you want the dates, the cost, the itinerary, everything about the tour, all you need to do is go to TWHolyLand.com. TWHolyLand.com. Everything is there. And if you want to join us, we're already getting a lot of people sign up to go because there's such a pent-up demand to go to Israel because it was closed down basically for two years because of COVID. Well, you can go now and you don't have to have a vaccine shot, okay? TWHolyLand.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher as, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Former First Lady Hillary Clinton is attacking Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, furious over his role in reversing Roe v. Wade. Accusing him of being a person of grievance, she said he was filled with anger and resentment. Clarence Thomas is none of those things. He's a joyful man. He's kind and compassionate, virtues that are an outpouring of his faith in God. But for the sake of Mrs. Clinton's argument, let's just say that Justice Thomas is in fact a person of grievance. Well, he would be justified, seeing how he grew up in the Deep South during Jim Crow, a region controlled by racist Democrats who fought ferociously to stop people like Justice Thomas from having civil rights. The fact that he's not a person of grievance is evidence of God's great grace. My latest book is an important read, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. You can get a copy at your favorite bookstore and toddsterns.com. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, 14. American Family Radio. 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, thanks for listening to the program. Today's issues here on American Family Radio. We're here Monday through Friday from 10.05 Central Time to 11.30. I'm Tim with Ed and Chris, and we thank you for listening. Hey, a big case uh, was announced last week by the Supreme Court. Uh, had to do with uh, a uh, football coach out of the state of Washington, high school football coach who is uh, praying after games uh, by himself at midfield, by himself for the most part, and uh, was no not uh, didn't make it a requirement for any of his uh, players to be there, but school fired him anyway, and uh, the case went all the way to the Supreme Court and. Coach Joe Kennedy won. He was represented by First Liberty, good friends of ours out of the Dallas area. They are a constitutional law firm that does pro bono work to uh, support religious liberty. And uh, joining us right now is Coach Joe Kennedy. Uh, Coach, good morning to you. Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? Good. I'm Tim with Ed and Chris, and we thank you for being on with us. Are you uh, back in Washington State? No, not yet. Um, I'm still here in uh, Texas right now with the attorneys uh, for this week, just so we can handle all the uh, stuff you got to do after that. You know, you win. Right. Uh, and Jeremy Dice is also with us. Uh, he's the attorney who represented Coach Kennedy. Jeremy, good morning to you. Good morning, Tim. Good to be here. Good. Are y'all in the same place? Yeah, two offices away. Okay. Uh, the Hope Center there in the Dallas area. Yes, sir. Plano. Uh, yes, sir. Well, uh, listen, uh, appreciate you guys being on with us. Uh, Jeremy, did you uh, argue before the Supreme Court uh, for Coach Kennedy? We had we had a pretty sizable team for, for Coach Kennedy's case, and we brought in a guy by the name of Paul Clement, who is uh, formerly uh, the Solicitor General of the United States under George W. Bush. And, well, he's argued about uh, more cases, I think, than anybody that's currently alive right now before the Supreme Court. So we thought he'd be a pretty good guy to make that argument for us. And turns out we were right. He won. What was the uh, – Jeremy, set up the basic uh, uh, question at hand that the Supreme Court had to a- handle, uh, and then uh, we'll go to Coach Kennedy. Yeah, the question was real simple, is whether or not a, a coach violates the Establishment Clause by – taking a knee in private prayer for 15 to 30 seconds following a football game that he coaches. And that was the central question before the court. And the answer to it has been a really great uh, great success by, uh, you know, not only winning for Coach Kennedy, but for coaches and teachers all across the country, unlocking a lot of the freedoms that have otherwise been locked down by school districts across the country. So was it a 6-3 decision in favor of Coach Kennedy? Yes, sir. Uh, Coach or, uh, Justice Gorsuch wrote the majority opinion, and uh, everybody but uh, Justices Kagan, Sotomayor, and Breyer uh, agreed with Justice Gorsuch. Coach, when did this happen? Uh, everything started uh, when I started coaching back in 2008. I watched uh, Facing the Giants, and just like in the movie, I made a commitment to God that I was going to give him thanks after every football game, win or lose. And like you said, um, for a lot of the years I prayed by myself, but there were times that kids came out and, you know, they asked if they could come out and join me in prayer. And I said it was a free country. Well, they started inviting the other teams and 
Next thing you know, we have uh, both teams after a football game, which was a really cool show of sportsmanship. And when the school said, hey, stop doing what you're doing with the football team, I immediately stopped. I never did it again. And that's what led to the actual firing of me because I would not give up my my freedoms and the rights of uh, all Americans. You know, Coach, uh, I see this during the football season all the time, even on national television. Uh, college teams will get together uh, after a contest and teams from both uh, Christian players from both uh, teams will gather midfield and they'll have a, a time of uh, they'll all take a knee and pray and then go to their locker rooms. I've never heard of a lawsuit uh, over it. So I, and then this kind of thing is going on by this kind of thing. I mean, prayer uh, uh, for as long as I can remember in America by sports teams and coaches and players and so forth. Why do they pick on you? You know, I have no idea, especially because of the fact that um, when it started, it came from a compliment. Somebody called the school and talked to the principal and said what our football program was doing was awesome. I don't think the school really had a a beef with it. Um, These people are my friends. You know, we, we worked together for almost a decade. So I don't think it was really the school district itself. I think it was the lawyers who were representing the school district. They had their own agenda, and that's what they tried to do. They tried to get um, all prayer out of school. They want to remove God from anywhere in the public. Uh, By the way, we are talking with, that was the voice you just heard, is Coach Joe Kennedy, whose case um, involving uh, Bremerton High School, uh, his prayer case went all the way to the Supreme Court and he was victorious. We're also speaking with Jeremy Dice, who is special counsel for litigation and communications for First Liberty that represented Coach Kennedy. Uh, Jeremy, let me ask you this. What um, what it will be the impact on public schools and Christians in public schools across the country? Obviously, you're a constitutional attorney. You've read the, you know, the uh, the ruling is there application beyond Coach Kennedy's case? Uh, and if so, what protections of religious liberty for Christians will result, do you think? Well, let's start with the, the what happens on school campuses, because the last couple decades we've had school districts across the country uh, trotting out the Establishment Clause as a reason to suppress religious points of view that are expressed on campus, even if they're incidental things like a coach on one knee silently praying. Uh, and what Justice Gorsuch said there was that, no, you guys got to show respect for the other part of this First Amendment called the Free Exercise Clause and the Free Speech Clause, and you failed to do that in this case. In other words, Coach Kennedy did nothing wrong. The school district engaged in religious discrimination, and where the gates of the school were locked to religious or constitutional rights coming through those gates, Justice Gorsuch threw them open and said that uh, uh, students and teachers and coaches have the right to carry their constitutional rights in through those schoolhouse gates. That's important because any of these religious displays, uh, religious expressions, whether that's uh, praying on one knee, uh, praying over your salad in the cafeteria, uh, maybe you're Catholic and have an ash cross on your head on uh, Ash Wednesday, or a crucifix around your, your neck, or for other religious beliefs, a yarmulke on their head, a hijab, things like that, those are all constitutionally protected expressions that otherwise would have been grounds for termination had the court not made the decision that they made on Monday. So it has really opened up the door for greater respect and, and, and inclusion 
uh, creating a, a diversity of religious expressions that are welcome now on, on the, our public school campuses. But beyond the public school campuses, I'll, I'll just quickly add, uh, the, the, the justices finally put to rest the, the ghoul of the lemon test. Uh, Justice Scalia referred to this as the ghoul that walks about at midnight only to raise erect again in late-night horror films, right? Uh, they finally interred that ghoul into the grave, we think, and that, that lemon test is no more, which has enormous implications across uh, a variety of different places where the state's involved. No more can the state punish a private actor for simply engaging in some sort of religious belief that is incidental to the rest of uh, you know the, the activity that's in, in going on there. So that's really good news going forward for how we're going to be able to expand religious liberty in this country uh, in the future. Hey, Coach Kennedy, I saw where you said you want your job back. Um, are you going to get it? <laughs> Well, I, that's what I'm assuming is going to happen. It was the only thing I asked for was to be able to be a coach again and to be able to thank God afterwards. And um, in my understanding of the court, that's exactly what they're, they will be doing. I've been waiting for a phone call from the school district to be inviting me back. And I know there's the logistics we got to work out and everything, but... Um, I got faith and confidence that uh, it will happen in exactly the time that it should, and I will go where I'm called. When 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 did when did this uh, when were you fired? What year? It was in 2015, so eight football seasons ago. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, we're so uh, proud to call you our friends. I know, uh, Coach, uh, you may not remember me, but I gave you an award in. Washington D.C. at the Values Voters Summit a few years back, and oh yes, you remember me? Yes, the, yeah. The semi, uh, <laughs> wow, how are you? Yeah, uh, well, I, I do impress people like like that, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad you remember me. Yeah, uh, uh, listen, uh, we're we're so uh, proud of, uh, uh, of both you guys, uh, Coach, you for standing up. Because you could have easily just said, "Okay, I'm fired," uh, you know, or "I'll quit," "I'll stop," and and it, it would have been a freedom lost. Right. And yeah, uh, hey, thank you so much for for being with me from the very beginning. That was when it all yeah. first started happening. So this is a win for you and I. We we did this together. What'd you do with the plaque I gave you? <laughs> I got. I, I actually have it hanging right on my wall by okay. my bed. <laughs> well, that's good. To, wow. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome, Coach. Hey. I, I just want you to know that. I was uh, on board with the yeah. decision to give you the, the plaque. So, uh, you know, oh, the brains behind yeah. it. Uh, well, like no, it. not the brains. <laughs> Nobody accuses me of that. But. And, and Jeremy, uh, you guys are we're, we're friends and partners in the cause. And uh, Kelly Shackleford, your boss, is a good friend of mine. And we just uh, appreciate what you guys do at First Liberty day after day after day, uh, helping people like Coach Kennedy and not charging them. I make them have to get a, a second mortgage on their home to get legal representation. And so uh, we, we appreciate you guys and uh, encourage you. Jeremy, where can people visit uh, to learn more about First Liberty? They can go to firstliberty.org to learn more about us. And i got to say, Tim, I'm, I'm very kind of, very thankful for all those kind words, but I feel left, left out about a plaque now. I, just, <laughs> I feel like I should get a plaque here somewhere. Well, Jeremy, I was just thinking we should get Ed, would you Jeremy, get on that? Yeah, we're going to get Jeremy a plaque. Jeremy, we'll get you a plaque out but, there. But you have to put it on the, your, your bedroom your wall. Yeah. Bed. <laughs> well, you have not, to talk to Mrs. Dice about yeah, that yeah, one. We'll yeah, I don't think he's going to commit to that decor. Uh, all right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good day. All right. Thank Be you. blessed, guys. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Uh, 
hey, he remembered me. Yes, he did. And and uh, it took a while, but you you jogged the memory. Yeah. Listen, that guy's a champion. Absolutely. Uh, to, your, to your point, he could have caved. And it's intimidating to go up against not only your school and not only you're in the state of Washington. It's already right. a liberal right. enclave. And you're not, and then you're going up against the media. I'm looking at uh, an article here that's talking about the the Washington Post editorial board accused the Supreme Court of eroding the wall between church and state, Ridiculous. criticizing this ruling in favor of Coach Kennedy. So it it's very easy for people to get intimidated into silence. And we do thank God for First Liberty, other groups uh, like First Liberty that. You know, that defends yeah. religious freedoms in this country, and they do it without charging the plaintiffs. You know, if the scenario would have been Coach Kennedy said to his players, hey, you better be here at 8 o'clock, uh, you know, Saturday morning. Uh, we're going to have prayer and weightlifting. And Bible study. And Bible study, and you better be here or you're yeah. off the team. That kind of compulsion right. would have probably been ruled unconstitutional. Most Christians would be opposed I, I to agree. that. I yeah. agree. I agree. That's not appropriate, nor is it constitutional. Right. However, that wasn't what's going on here. We're talking about something that's uh, uh, voluntary. Vol volunteer. Voluntary. That. Yes. That's what we're talking about. And uh, he was doing this after the game was already over and the players were already released from the locker room. All he did was go out and all the uh, as far as uh, that's what I understand, this guy was inspired by the movie Facing the Giants. This wasn't a put on Listen, for Coach Kennedy. This was out yeah. of his heart. As far as I'm concerned, he can kneel at mid at uh, midfield during the middle of the third quarter and pray if he yeah. wants to. Good right. grief, huh? Why do why do why does he? Well, the the, the dirty secret here yeah, is that the secularists in this country hate God, right? And they hate Christianity. They hate the Bible, and therefore they hate. Any public display that gives glory to God. This is a Romans 1 rebellion against honoring and giving glory to the God of every human being. The only kind of prayer these secular, quote, progressives might agree to would be uh, as long as you're in your church or your home. Yes. Otherwise. For now. For now, for now right? Yeah. For now. Anyway, uh, good to hear from you. By, by the way, let me also say yeah. that the uh, critics of this ruling— frequently say that people like Coach Kennedy, by showing students that he's a Christian and praying, might influence students to consider Christianity. They have no problem with bringing a drag queen in to have story hour in front of second and third right. graders. The same people. You're the saying. same people. Right. They understand that when they bring in pro-homosexual, pro-transgender advocates. They are influencing kids. And that is far beyond what Coach Kennedy was doing, who was not trying to influence anyone. He was just trying to right. honor God. You know, what's interesting, too, he, is, he said he was motivated by the movie Facing the Giants uh, from... Sherwood? Uh, yeah, Baptist Church over in... The Kendrick Brothers? Yeah, so I'm sure the Kendrick Brothers are feeling good today because knowing that their movie... Uh, ultimately led to a case at the Supreme Court. How that's, about that? I hadn't thought about that. That's but a that's, movie itself. You talk about uh, tossing a, a pebble into a pond and the yeah. ripple effects that you don't see. Right. That I didn't even thought about that. Because yeah. they, they pray before they make those movies. Yeah. They, they had no idea that that movie, God knew it. 
Yeah. God knew that there'd be a chain of have events. They, ma- they haven't made one in a while, have they? Oh, they've, yeah, they, they've made War Room. They did Overcomer. They did a, a, a documentary of the sorts Kendrick about Brothers fathers. talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had several. Right, Kendrick Brothers. Yeah, yeah. they're still, they're still uh, in operation. Next, um, next story, Chris. Well, let's mention this because it's continuing coverage and it builds off of uh, what we just talked about with Coach Kennedy and uh, Attorney Jeremy Dice there at First Liberty Institute. I mentioned this case yesterday, and I've got some sound here from both the attorney as well as the client. Uh, but as we discussed yesterday on the program, and you can read more about this by visiting our news website, AFN.net, there is a big religious freedom case coming to the Supreme Court for the next term that begins in October. And again, this is that 303 Creative versus Alinas, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It involves the graphic designer in Colorado that wants to make wedding websites, but Colorado says if you do it for straight couples, you got to do it for gay couples. And she is doing what's called a pre-enforcement challenge. Lori Smith is doing a pre-enforcement challenge to try to figure out what her rights are so that way she can live and operate her business according to her faith. So let's begin here with attorney Jake Warner of Alliance Defending Freedom talking about Lori Smith's upcoming case at the Supreme Court, clip six. A few years ago, she decided she wanted to enter the wedding website industry. But when she looked around, she saw how her state was treating artists like Jack Phillips. She learned that if she entered the wedding industry and created wedding websites celebrating God's design for marriage, her state would force her to create other websites celebrating different views of marriage that violate her beliefs. So instead of getting prosecuted like Jack and uh, going through court for 10 years almost, Lori said, I want to find out my rights on the front end. So she sued the state and found out in the courts below that the, the court said the state could force her to convey messages that go against her deepest beliefs about marriage. And we appealed these cases all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court which decided to hear Lori's case just a few months ago. We expect oral arguments to be held uh, later this fall and probably a decision sometime next summer or about a year from now. Now, that is what one of the things I enjoy about working here because we get to interview people about these kinds of cases, and we talk to the clients oftentimes. If I was working at a secular news operation, I would be expected to and only told to call the other side here. Right. So I, you know, it's one of the benefits and the blessings of uh, being part of this job. I did get to participate in a media call with Lori Smith. This is from earlier this year, but uh, the comments still hold. So here now is Lori Smith, owner of Colorado-based 303 Creative, talking to AFN and other news outlets, Clip 7. Wedding websites offer a natural fit for my skills, but in today's culture, that immediately raises the question of promoting not only unions between a man and a woman, but same-sex ceremonies, too. I can't create a site that would celebrate views contrary to my beliefs. Now, again, this case is going to well, the Supreme Court. We'll I see bet how she they wins. It, Based on Coach Kennedy's uh, and the, six, the, the, the way that the uh, Supreme Court is right now, mm-hmm. I think she'll probably win. Uh, they'll probably say an a individual has a if a individual who has a religious objection to promoting a lifestyle or a behavior she is she feels is immoral shouldn't be compelled to do so and furthermore there are hundreds I'm sure in Colorado website designers that can do that will happily do same-sex marriage um, uh, wedding design mm-hmm. so yeah um, 
this uh, this this kind of issue with the uh, with the marriage issue and the free speech implications of it. See, to me, this is different than a Christian who owns an apartment complex. Okay, if you own an apartment complex and you say, "I'm only I'm only renting to Christians," or, or "I'm not going to rent to homosexuals," to me. That is illegal if they have a non-discrimination policy in place because the, the renting to these individuals that you may disagree with their lifestyle doesn't really affect your the practice of your faith. However, if you're someone like Lori Smith and you have speech involved or you are promoting an idea that you believe in because of your faith – that is that marriage is between a man and a woman. That's a whole different ballgame. I agree with you, Tim. I think she wins this case because this is not just saying I don't rent, you know, to people who with whom I disagree. You're talking about forcing her to say something with her web designs that contradicts her deeply held beliefs. So I, I think she does win it. And by the way, I, I, I looked. I was. I'm looking up on a law website. There's a picture not only of Lori Smith, but also her attorney, Aubrey Alenis, Alenis, Mm. okay? They're both young. Oh, this is the person that she's suing. Oh, the person that she's suing, okay. Well, Lori Smith is young, and I'm thinking, our young people are getting in the fight. And this is courageous of them to stand up. It's not just old people like me. There are young people who are willing to get in and tangle and defend their rights. Hey, I don't want to get too much down a rabbit trail here, but what if they, what if the uh, owner of the uh, apartment complex, for example, is that the scenario you used? Yeah. Were to say, <clears throat> I don't know anybody that does this, but I'm just hypothetical here. What if they were to say, I don't rent to unmarried couples? Well, and that way you don't say, I don't, I, I don't rent to unmarried couples, whether they be straight or gay. Yeah, I think probably most uh, communities have laws that forbid discrimination on basis of marital status. Uh, and and to me, whether that's a good law or a bad law, yeah. if 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 you have laws that say you cannot discriminate on the basis of marital status, uh, what I'm I, saying is it doesn't it doesn't it, it make you do or say anything that does it compel you to right. do something? Yeah, I understand. Well, like I said, that's not an issue. I, I with any that I've heard of recently, but I just wondered about that. Yeah, uh, even even the people uh, like you, the listen, you can't control everything, right? And uh, you can only li- sometimes you can only live out your faith as an example, and and you can't. In other words, if if a person were to rent a, an apartment and they then they wanted to shack up, right? What are you going to go over there and say? You can't come in his apartment, right, uh, lady, because you're not married. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You're not going to do that, so you can't. That's not your uh, place, I guess you could say. Yeah, and, and like with the Kleins, with a, with a bakery, uh, as far as I know, they didn't say, well, you can't come in here and buy no, cupcakes didn't. if you're gay. Yeah. No, this is about speech and being forced, compelled to produce something right. about a marriage that sure. you don't believe right. is Yeah, Jack Phillips valid. said, I'll, I'll, you can have this cake over here that I right. made, but I, I'm not going to design one for you with right. congratulations or whatever on it. Right. And that was the issue. Go. Uh, interesting story here. This is from CNN. Other 
uh, news it outlets have. It better be have, interesting then. Well, yeah. <laughs> You're going to bring CNN into this discussion. Well, it's, it's a very timely discussion because it's summertime. A lot of people have their ACs cranked. Uh, and there is a story on CNN, and it's being attributed to a, uh, a new report from Bank of America. Analysts are accusing Bed Bath & Beyond of turning off their air conditioner in stores to save money as sales plummet. I saw that that story, and it wasn't just the AC. There, there are uh, other things that they're trying to do to uh, save money. That's the accusation. Mm, yeah. Now, now, Chris, first of all, you under you, you you do know you said AC cranked, right? Yes. Okay. Um, the Southern came out of me. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Huh? I see what you're saying. AC but we have a cranked. national audience, and, and yeah, and I, I, it's okay to use Southernisms if you want to, because Chris, you are a native Mississippian, right? I speak good. But uh, <laughs> I just want. I, I was just saying to you that. You did say cranked, and some people might need an interpretation. <laughs> the air conditioner was operating. At full capacity. Yes. <laughs> That's what that means, ladies and gentlemen, who cranked don't up. know. Crank and it up. it harkens back to crank your car, which is probably what. Is that you crank it up, you crank it down. Is that 1917? When is yeah, that? 20s or when something. You crank I don't your know. car. <laughs> That's lasted all these years. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, so Bed Bath Beyond, are they – they're in, accused. In, in some of their stores, oh, they're accused. They're denying. They're accused. Yes. They're denying it. They're denying that they told their their <laughs> to stores, turn off the air conditioner. Well, to lower it. I mean, what to raise it so that it's it didn't cost as much just, to cool the did it shop. I bet their employees are somebody will spill the beans on that one if that's Bed, true. Bath, and it'd be hot in here. You know what? A lot of these co uh, major corporations like that with, that are chains, mm -hmm. they uh, do control the air conditioning oh, sure. from. From some bunker in there. Uh, <laughs> they do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you got a national uh, chain, let's say, I don't know, Walmart. Uh, Walmart does this, I think. Where they, they control they, it uh, remotely? They, they control air conditioning from Bentonville. I, I did not I didn't for know all, that. For all their stores, yeah. Yeah. So remote. I don't know. I don't go in Bed, bed Bath & Beyond. I'm a man. Well, I sold my man card. I, so I don't I go read in Bed this Bath & Beyond. Uh, I go in there and plunk down one of those massage I, chairs. Got, you got well, a, <laughs> I read that on QAnon. Uh, <laughs> QAnon? That's, that's, that's how the next chapter starts. But we'll be back. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.